When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How are you? Great. How about yourself? I am Jim Dandy. Ha ha. Uh, Because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition... You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Pusha T scores his first number one album on the Billboard 200 chart as the tally prepares for a series of possible blockbuster releases on an almost every Friday basis over the next two months. Who is on the way? Why? Kendrick Lamar, Harry Styles, BTS, and Luke Combs, to name a few. All of them are dropping albums by the end of June. Who could make the splashiest debut on the chart? And are all of these guaranteed number ones? We'll chat all about that in just a moment. Also on the show, with the release of Lady Gaga's new single, Hold My Hand, from the upcoming film Top Gun Maverick, is Gaga already the frontrunner to win next year's Oscar for Best Original Song? <laughs> and will the track blast to the top gun of the charts? Puns. It's never too early to start prognosticating. Plus, we'll talk about Gaga's history with recording music for film and why writing a song for Tom Cruise specifically in a movie is sometimes a recipe for an Academy Award nomination. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast... Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right. Uh, first, let's do the chart chat. Uh, first up, Pusha T scores his first number one album on the Billboard 200 chart with It's Almost Dry uh, as the album debuts atop the list. It earned 55,000 equivalent album units in the United States in the week ending April 28th according to Luminate. Streaming activity comprised 83% of the hip-hop album's first-week unit total. It's Almost Dry is Pusha T's fourth studio album and his third top 10 on the Billboard 200, following Daytona, which hit number three in 2018, and My Name Is My Name, which hit number four in 2013. So this is a fun fact that I kind of fell into a rabbit hole about uh, over the weekend and have in the past. Um, this album has a relatively short track list for a number one album on the Billboard 200, it, at least in recent times. Yeah. There are only 12 tracks on this album's standard streaming and digital version. Uh, and it's the second shortest number one album of 2022 in terms of track count. The only shorter album by number of tracks in 2022 was the Stray Kids album, Audinary, mm-hmm. which had seven tracks, but it was overwhelmingly powered to number one by CD sales because yeah. a lot of K-pop albums have lots of fun things inside them. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
if you go before that, before Stray Kids, the last album with 12 or fewer tracks was Adele's 30, which had 12 songs on its standard digital and streaming edition, though there was the Target exclusive CD version of 30 that had three bonus tracks. Okay. I so, thought of El- uh, Olivia Rodrigo Sour, yes, too. Olivia Rodrigo Sour, but I was just going to be like, all right, what was the, the last? last one. Right. Yep. Now, what's interesting, though, most hip-hop albums tend to have longer track lists. So the last hip-hop album to go to number one that was 12 tracks or less, like Pusha, was J. Cole's 12-track album, The Off Season, which debuted at number one on the May 29th, 2021 chart, so basically a year ago. And it started with a much bigger number, 282,000 equivalent album units. So it's just wild where in, a, in, a, in an era where you assume every rap album is going to have like 18 to 25 tracks on it. Or the week after it's released gets an instant deluxe edition that doubles the tracklist number. <laughs> yeah. Future sort of did that this week. He took his, I think, 16-song album that came out last Friday and then added, I think, five new tracks to it okay. this Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of par for the course at this point. Yeah. Or your Lil Uzi vert where you drop an album, then you drop a second Lil version. Lil Uzi is literally the person I was thinking of when yeah. saying that. It's just, I mean... You know, if you're a fan of any of these artists, it is just like Christmas for you. Indeed. Um, All right. Well, next, Pusha T might be the first of a series of number one debuts on the Billboard 200, as the next two months are chock full of heavy hitters with new albums. In fact, there are at least 11 artists releasing major albums between now and the end of June that have all hit number one previously. Mm. I mean, at least, because there's obviously a lot of other albums that may be coming that um, you know, might be from like a heritage artist that perhaps is not as front of mind anymore. But there are at least 11 acts that have an album <laughs> coming out between now and the end of June that have all hit number one, at least in sort of quasi-recent times. So uh, last Friday, and this is not even part of my upcoming list, last Friday, Future released his new album, I Never Liked You, which if it debuts at number one, would mark his eighth chart topper. Then on May 6th, We've got new albums from Arcade Fire, who has topped the chart with their last three albums. And then Jack Harlow's new album, which is led by its first single, the Billboard Hot 100 number one, First Class. Then on May 13th, there are new albums from The Black Keys, Florence and the Machine, and Kendrick Lamar. The former two have both hit number one once, while Lamar has topped the Billboard 200 with his last three efforts. And his new album is his first in five years. So it might be an understatement to say it's, to use an overused phrase, highly anticipated. It is indeed highly anticipated. (laughs) Katie's highly anticipating it. Indeed. (laughs) Um, Then on May 20th, Harry Styles drops his new album, Harry's House. Also highly anticipated by me specifically. Uh, It's his third solo effort and follows a pair of number ones for him. Now, on May 27th, Def Leppard has a brand new album, Diamond Star Halos. It's the band's first album of all new material in nearly seven years. And the band has topped the chart twice in 1988 with Hysteria, amazing album, and with that album's follow-up, 1992's Adrenalize. On June 3rd, we will get a new Post Malone album, 12 Carat Toothache, as well as a new live archival release from Prince and the Revolution, simply titled Live. Post Malone has topped the chart with his last two albums, and Prince has led the chart five times. We're almost there. We're in the home stretch, everybody. On oh, ju- I'm fascinated. I don't think... The, you don't need to rush, Keith. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, on June 10th uh, comes a new album from BTS, who has led the list five times. 
while Carrie Underwood's new Denim and Rhinestones arrives as well. Same and day? Same day. Come on, y'all. Yeah. Exactly. That's what Carrie's camp is saying. Come on, Come y'all. On, y'all. <laughs> um, Underwood has hit number one four times previously. And then on June 24th, we're skipping June 17th because I have not identified a major album coming out on June Sounds 17th. Sounds like a good spot for Carrie to move. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. I think with Carrie, she has so much physical product that you yeah. can't move. You can't move that much physical in a week, especially when you rely on Target and Walmart. And BTS so can't move. They they got up in a stadium full of 75,000 people and picked that day. So B- BTS don't have to move. <laughs> um, but I do think that. Maybe people are avoiding June 17th because they're avoiding the second week of BTS. That's fair. Yeah. So June 17th, I don't have anything to tell you about. But June 24th, we have Luke Combs, Growing Up. His new album will be released. It's the follow-up to 2019's chart-topping. What you see is what you get. Okay, so out of all these people, who do we think is going to make like the biggest debut over these next three months? So based off how each of their last albums performed in their first week, which is not like the best kind of comparison, because really you should look at how those albums have done over their lifetime. Over their lifetime. But look, I got to figure out a way to do this somehow. <laughs> so if we just look at those acts and their last albums and how they did in their first week, these were the three that did the biggest. So Kendrick Lamar's last album, Damn, did 603,000 units in its first week. Okay. Yeah. Post Malone's Hollywood's Bleeding did 489,000 in its first week. It also benefited from a ticket bundle, which are no longer counted towards the charts. Um, And a ticket bundle was a surefire way to get a lot of sales into your first week. And Harry's Fine Line did 478,000 in its first week, again, lifted by a ticket bundle. So one could assume that each of those could post sizable numbers with their new albums, maybe not necessarily as large as those last albums that just rattled off, especially when you're lacking in like a surefire sales generator like a ticket bundle. Um, But certainly I would guess that Kendrick or Harry could have a blockbuster first week. Yeah. Um, We also know that Harry will have vinyl on street date. We talked a lot about that last week mm-hmm. and how important vinyl can be to the rollout of an album or the re-rollout of an album like Tyler, the Creator. Um, as his Fine Line album has been an exceptional seller on vinyl. It was the fourth largest selling vinyl LP of 2021 and the top selling vinyl LP of 2020. Mm-hmm. And for his part, Kendrick's Good Kid Mad City was the number 10 selling vinyl album of both 2021 and 2020 though it's unclear if Kendrick will have vinyl out on street date. Mm. Um, That's all kind of up in the air right now. And so we know that Harry's not splitting up his weeks, so that could be a huge week for him. He's going to have CDs, vinyl. I think there might even be a cassette. Who knows if the 8-track is coming? As you know, they just announced a big concert on release day in New York City, one night only. Very sad it's in New York, Harry, but we'll talk about that later. May 20th, UBS Arena. $25 $25 tickets. When did that, when does that go on sale? Uh, I think this week. Like uh, it's already sold out. Yeah. Well, literally, uh, Rania, our coworker, was just trying to get on and the site, like, was broken down. I mean, if you announce $25 tickets for, like, the biggest star in the country or in the bi- world. Is this a big arena? Uh, yeah. It's, um, you know, I don't know the exact location, but it's it's a new arena. Let me look it up. UBS Arena. I'm curious, actually, because there's it's in Elmont, New York, technically. So outside of the city. Elmont? Yeah. 
Um, I know we announced we announced the like arena itself last year. I think. So I wonder if this arena is affiliated with his management team. Yes. Well, there you go. Yes, there's an Azov attachment. An, if that's what you're Irving asking. Azoff yes, attachment. Somewhere. Correct. Well, not Irving, his son. Yes, yes. Jeffrey is yeah. uh, Harry's manager. But it's all in the same family. It's all, well, it's li- literally in the family. Literally in the family. <laughs> hey, you know, fun side fact, mm-hmm. um, the uh, Irving Azoff and his wife um, own a uh, restaurant that is not too far away from our work. They Did own, not know that. They own the Apple Pan. Oh, my God. I've never been there. People are obsessed with the burgers there. I've never, I think I've had a burger a million years ago, but I always go there and get the uh, tuna salad sandwich. Oh, my God. Amazing. They have amazing pies, too. Okay. But, it, but like, nothing has changed. You had me in, a pie. Nothing inside this place has changed in decades. It's a time capsule. And um, I think when it was announced that they had purchased it, they were like, we don't want to mess with a good thing. We just want to basically preserve this thing and keep it oh, going. I love that. See, if I were rich, that's what I would do, too. I would just make sure that my favorite restaurant never went away. I think you'd like it. Oh, I'm sure I would. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Tangent. LA tangent. Okay, so do we think these are all guaranteed number ones? I guess aside from we know Carrie and BTS are going head to head, so that's not happening. Yeah. um, Well, maybe they'll sell some of these at the Apple Pan. Um, (laughs) Maybe maybe Harry Styles' album will be at the Apple Pan. You never know. Crazy people have sold albums in crazier places. Okay, so while some of them are coming out on the same day against each other, like BTS and Carrie will know someone is going to come out on top. Right. It is safe to say that most of the folks that we mentioned are all strong possibilities for number one. But sorry to say the Black Keys and Florence and the Machine going up against Kendrick Lamar. Right. And sorry to the Prince live album going up against Post Malone. Yeah. And Def Leppard, they're going up against the second week of Harry Styles, which, you know, could be kind of big. Yeah. We could easily see Harry spending two straight weeks at number one, same as we could see BTS spending two weeks at number one. And as we said last week, you never know when Gunna is going to just release an album. Right. Either. So. Who knows? Who? who <laughs> Drake could spoil someone's party. There could be a Rihanna album out of the blue. It won't be Drake. Drake Drake plans. He plans ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know. You never know. Okay. What we do know, though, is that Lady Gaga released her new single, Hold My Hand, from the upcoming film Top Gun Maverick on Tuesday. Gaga wrote and produced the track with Blood Pop, and it will be featured in Maverick, which is due in theaters on May 27th. So let's take a quick listen. It sounds like a big old 80s fest hit (laughs) and certainly a sweeping epic track for what we assume will be a huge blockbuster film. I'm kind of I kind of can't believe it will be out in May because I feel like it's one of those movies we've been talking about for five years. Yeah, we We have have been (laughs) like the first trailers came out before COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want trailers, but I mean, we've at least been talking about it. What were the trailers out before then? Maybe. I feel like there's been like five different official trailers. Okay, so we don't want to go too ahead of ourselves, although we sort of do also. But um, considering that the two times that Gaga has previously written original music for film, she's been nominated for an Oscar both times. 
does this mean that a third Oscar nom for Best Original Song is sort of in the bag for Hold My Hand? So to refresh our collective memories, uh, she co-wrote Till It Happens to You for, it was called The Hunting Ground? Yes, and it was that was a, a sexual assault documentary. documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, of course, co-wrote Shallow, among, yeah. among other songs. <laughs> we didn't need to tell the people about Shallow. <laughs> for the film A Star is Born, which she co-starred in. Um, and both Till It Happens to You and Shallow were nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Song. And Shallow won Gaga her first Oscar. And I also want to clarify, I'm pretty sure these are the only two times that she has written something and recorded something specifically for a film. I could be very wrong. So just putting that out there. The little monsters will tell us. Like they will say, oh, no, she wrote this thing for the Muppets TV series or something, and I missed it. <laughs> uh, but I, from a quick glance, I was on the web, <laughs> it seems like those might be the two sort of major things. Yes, and it also seems like it just feels really likely that an Oscar nomination is on the way. Are we getting ahead of ourselves? Yes. Uh, but should Gaga be clearing her calendar for the Oscars next year, Keith? Yes. Yes. Just assume? I don't know. Just assume. Just assume. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, this is the fact that she was nominated for The Hunting Ground, a very like low profile movie, a smaller documentary for a very serious topic. And also co wrote it with Diane per- Warren. Perennial Oscar nominated favorite Diane Warren. Exactly. But this time around, we're talking about a massive film that will not go off anybody's radar. This is a movie that no one will radar? forget about. Ah, is that, I did not need to be making like a. Fighter pilot joke You're there. Flying into the danger zone with yeah. these puns. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but it feels like it feels like this is sort of an 80s throwback soundtrack song, and all those big 80s soundtrack songs that we remember, they were nominated for Oscars right. also. I mean, that's kind of how it all went hand in hand. Yeah. So I'll yeah. hold my hand. I will hold my hand. Um, <laughs> notably, at least four previous Tom Cruise films have all garnered a Best Original Song nomination. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. So I did not realize this, but he was in the film Endless Love. I think it was his first film. He was Billy. Sure. He played Billy. <laughs> I have not seen Endless Love. <laughs> I've never seen Endless Love. I know the song, obviously, but right. I um, I can tell you some other people who were in the movie include Brooke Shields. Well, yeah, she was the lead. And then I also saw that Ian Ziering from 90210, a very How? young Ian Ziering was, a- was also in it. He must have been a child. Well, he was again, Sammy. Then again, he was like 40 when 90210 was on. That's true. So. Um, he was already, his hair was He was thinning. 25 in Endless Love in 1981. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am Zirin is like 75 and like right. listening to us right now going, you mother. You're right. <laughs> All right. So Endless Love uh, from the film Endless Love was nominated for an Academy Award. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Take My Breath Away from Top Gun. Save Me from Magnolia. And Vanilla Sky from Vanilla Sky. Oh, and if you haven't seen Vanilla Sky, great music. The only one of those four that went on to win the Oscar was Take My Breath Away from Top Gun. So you go ahead with your conspiracy (laughs) theories, but if you take Oscar winner Lady Gaga Mm -hmm. plus Tom Cruise film Mm -hmm. and make it a Top Gun film. specifically Top Gun. There is a Venn diagram with three circles, and all in the middle they meet with those three. (laughs) You have a Top Gun circle, a Tom Cruise circle, a Lady Gaga circle. In the middle, you have an Oscar trophy. Okay, doing but, a little like dance inside a cockpit uh, in, yes. in a fighter pilot. Um, but how about the charts, Keith? This is your domain. Will the track blast to the top? Gun of the charts. Of the charts. Um, I think with anything Gaga releases, just assume that it'll get a lot of attention, and this should be no exception. Yeah. 
like, could it be the next Take My Breath Away? Um, that smash was, of course, written and recorded for the first Top Gun film and was a Hot 100 number one for the band Berlin. It also went on to win the Oscar for Best Original Song for its songwriters Giorgio Moroder and Tom Whitlock. So you already have that kind of thing happening. But yeah. then also it's just Gaga, who is in a, in a, yet again another great moment in her professional music career coming off a very successful Tony Bennett collaboration, mm-hmm. yet another Grammy award. Mm-hmm. Um, she has the Chromatica ball tour coming. She up. just wrapped her jazz and piano Vegas residency for now, for now. Yeah. On Sunday night. So where Tom Cruise attended, by the way, it, it feels <laughs> like, it feels like we're in like the perfect kind of time the for her. Zone. Not the danger zone. It's the safe zone. <laughs> we're in the safe zone. No successful zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> successful zone. Uh, no, that doesn't sound But right. I, we should say, it's a it's a Tuesday release, so we don't expect it. We don't expect it to debut at number one, but we don't know. But right. we don't expect that necessarily. But when you look at like Shallow, it hit number one after the Oscars, mm. right? So in a year from now, this it could song be will be all number one. hand in hand, or maybe when the film releases on May twenty seventh, and people freak out because apparently it's really exceptional. I don't know if you've seen the reviews from people who saw it uh, screening last week. The movie itself Yeah, is the movie apparently is great. So... Sure. Yeah. Apparently very... Just a very intense movie-going blockbuster experience, like very old-school, big, over-the-top, but not like, you know, Fast and the Furious has gotten to be where, like, we expect cars to just, like, fly off of cliffs and then land on airplanes I and I want then the next flying. Transformers film to have a real Transformers in it. <laughs> But what I was saying is when the movie comes out, if it's like a phenomenon like the first one was, maybe the film or the song rides off that as well. Right. We'll see. Rides off into the danger zone. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. So, Katie, quiz Katie time. Oh, man. Which of these Oscar winning songs did not hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100? Okay. We have. Flashdance, What a Feeling, performed by Irene Cara from the film Flashdance. Can You Feel the Love Tonight, performed by Elton John from The Lion King. Evergreen, performed by Barbara Streisand from A Star is Born. Or Shaft, performed by Isaac Hayes from the film Shaft. (laughs) So which of those did not go to number one? I feel like I have an advantage because of our recent reporting on Disney songs on our charts. Maybe, maybe you don't. I, I don't remember know. like Aladdin, uh, Aladdin's uh, a whole new world. A whole new world went to number one. I pretty, I don't think. Can you feel the love tonight? By Elton John went to number one. So I'm going to go with Can you feel the love tonight? You are correct. Yes, Elton John, uh, pizza number four with that track. Hey. And it spent one week at number four. And uh, fun fact, Mm -hmm. that week at number three was Coolio's Fantastic Voyage. Mm -hmm. Number two was I Swear by All for One. I remember this time period very vividly. And (laughs) And, and number one that week was a song also from a film from the movie Reality Bites. Okay. Which was uh, Stay by Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories. Yep. Stay. I Missed You from Lisa Loeb. Oh, I forgot the parenthetical title. Um, so there you have it, a little uh, flashback to Oscar-winning songs at number one on the Hot 100 and also Quiz Katie, because who doesn't love a good Quiz Katie? <laughs> We've reached the end of our big show. Any parting words, Katie? I do realize, I you know, something we didn't mention that came out last week. Uh, Psy 
PSY, Psy, came back uh, after five years of not having new music out and had a big splashy album release, song release. The song's called That That with uh, Suga for BTS, who also produced the song. And it's like really good. It's been stuck in my head all weekend. The video is amazing, as expected. Amazing choreography. Everything you want from Psy. So we got to go out on that song, Keith. Okay, so we're going to go out on that, that. That, that. We got to go out on that, that song, Keith. (laughs) Oh, dear. All right. See you guys next time. Bye.